the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Rachel Gilbert. Welcome to the London Free Press Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. London City Council has finished deliberations for the next multi-year budget. And right now, Londoners are looking at a tax hike of 8.7% in 2024, of which the police budget accounts for more than half. So today I'm talking with London Free Press City Hall reporter Jack Moulton about how budget deliberations have been going and if there's a chance of any other changes before it's all finalized. Hi, Jack. How are you? Good, Rachel. Thanks for having me. I love having you on. I I think you're probably happy to be out of council chambers because you've been in there for hours and hours lately. So you get a bit bit of a break today. So we're happy to have you on. Uh, We know that the overall tax hike for 2024 is 8.7%. But as I said, they always do a multi-year budget, which is four years in a row. So what are the tax hikes for the next four years? Um, and do we have like an average of what that means in terms of dollar amount for like the average homeowner? Yeah. So this year alone, we're looking at so far an 8.7% uh, property tax hike, which on the average house in London assessed at, I believe it was $252,000 in 2016, that equates to $286. Oh, Wow. We've received a lot of feedback about that assessment number. It is from yes. 2016. It is the latest figure available after assessments were paused in 2020. They do them every four years. Okay. Just thought I'd make that clear. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to um, say, housing prices have gone up a lot since then. So, And for the next uh, three years after that, so mm-hmm. uh, in 2025, we're looking at an 8.9% tax hike. So wow. still pretty high. Yep. And then it comes down a little bit in the latter half. So 5.8% in 2026, 6.8% in 2027. So over all four years, that's an average of about 7.5%. This is one of the largest tax hikes um, that we've had in London, the largest since the year 2000, actually. Um, were any councillors concerned about that? I can imagine there was there had to have been lots of discussion about that big of a number. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> lots of, you know, I, I, I've i characterized the deliberations as very cutthroat mm. uh, because, you know, a lot of proposals for, uh, you know, new spending, even relatively modest ones, faced a seriously uphill battle or a very close vote. Um, so there was definitely awareness of how... Uh, the tax hike this year will affect people. You know, several councillors were saying, you know, quite frankly, this might push some households to the brink. Yeah, I can imagine that sentiment. Yeah, it's true. Um, New this year was the mayor's budget. Now, this was just a a bit of a different way to um, to prepare the budget, present it to council. What was the process like for that? Why and, and why the change this year? So the change was brought about, uh, by these, uh, strong mayor powers uh, granted to London, just like uh, many of the other larger cities in Ontario uh, by the province. Okay. So that those powers uh, overarch in a lot of different uh, aspects of being mayor. But when it comes to the budget, um, those new powers uh, meant that by law, uh, Mayor Josh Morgan had to submit his own budget by February 1st. Um, and I believe we talked about this last time, Rachel, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Morgan 
directed city staff to draw up a draft budget, which is what got released in uh, December, the last time uh, we talked about this, I believe. That's right, um, yeah. But he was sort of using that as a baseline uh, for his budget. So he got what he needed from city staff to figure out how to keep services where they are. Uh, and he took that and added in specific business cases uh, that he liked or wanted to focus on. And that's how we arrived at the mayor's budget. And then there's a whole procedure after that. So after uh, Morgan, um, Mayor Morgan submitted his uh, budget on January 31st, that started a 30-day countdown clock to February 29th, okay. where you know deliberations would have to start. Uh, council would have 30 days to submit an amendment uh, to the mayor's budget to add in or take away whatever they uh, saw fit. Mm -hmm. And those amendments would be approved with a council majority uh, vote during, uh, you know, the budget committee meetings. Um, in addition to that, the mayor has 10 days to veto any of those amendments if he so chooses. And if the mayor were to so choose to veto anything, council would then have 15 days to override that veto uh, with a two-thirds majority vote. Okay. Um, all that to say, uh, going back to that 30-day countdown clock, there is no final council vote for this budget. Once February 29th comes and goes, whatever has been amended is the budget. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so that's different from, from years past. Um, mm -hmm. So we're kind of right in the middle of the process right now. The deliberations have ended, but there is an opportunity to veto some of that on both sides if they need to. Um Council did tweak some of the mayor's plan. So what what was some of the plan that they decided to change? So I think some of the bigger items, especially uh, in regards to public interest, were around transit and the library. Okay. Um, you know, both transit and the library, uh, the London Transit Commission, that is, uh, came in with pretty lofty asks. Um uh, the library, for instance, came in asking for a 19.9% increase to their budget in 2024, uh, which I believe uh, in 2023 was somewhere in the neighborhood of 21 or $22 million. Uh, wild rounding there. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. But, uh, you know, not every organization got what they wanted. So right. the library in particular, they asked for 199 in 2024 this year and the mayor came back with 5.5 percent okay quite a, so, quite a lot less that's right um but uh just on uh thursday uh council voted to bump at the very least the 2024 uh base budget ask of the library from 5.5 percent to seven percent Okay, still so, not the nineteen that they that they wanted. But what was the library's um, argument for for the increase? What did they say they needed the money for? So, in a sense, uh, the library wasn't that unique. Uh, they were saying that they face the same cost pressures as anyone else, uh, especially from inflation over uh, the past couple of years. Uh, but the library CEO, in particular, uh, in a previous interview with us, uh, was talking about how the library in his eyes, at least, uh, has been underfunded for years. Um, and so that kind of played into it a little bit. Um, the library, especially 
and and this is aside from their base budget ask, they were looking to for additional funding for capital asset management, which is to say, you know, their major infrastructure for their 16 branches. Mm. Um, you know, we've reported extensively on structural issues at the library in particular. Uh, the Beacock uh, branch had to close for, I believe, uh, a, uh, a week, a week and a half uh, because of a leaky roof. Um, in December, there was a uh, major leak at the central branch on uh, the third floor, and they okay. had to close that off. Yeah. Um, but overall, they've talked about how they up to seven branches need like major structural repairs in in sort of that sense. Wow. So the money would be put towards a lot of those things. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Mayor Morgan granted them $5.6 million in one-time funding just for this year to address some of those like real emergency concerns. Uh, but he held off on funding it for the next three years because the library is in the process of drafting an asset plan. So uh, the mayor and council want to get a look at that before they commit to extra dollars. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the police budget. The police budget, always a concern every year. This is one of the, the biggest budgets in the city. Uh, the police are getting a 28 percent budget increase this year, which is huge. What was the discussion centered around um, this year for the police budget? That's a that's a very big ask. And what were some of the the specifics that police said they needed the money for? Yeah, so I, I think we talked about this in December too. Um, yeah. You know, it was a multitude of things. Uh, over four years, they want to bring on uh, just under 200 uh, uh, new staff members, and that's both officers and civilian. Um, they're looking towards getting a new training center uh, with the London uh, Fire Department. Um, they're looking towards new equipment uh, like tasers, body cameras, and those body cameras play into the uh, civilian staff parts. So you need people to process all that data. Sure, um, yeah. And uh, a little more controversially, a second uh, light armored vehicle. Uh, <laughs> that in particular has emerged as one of the more, uh, shall we say, questioned items of the yes. police ask. My first question is, do we do we need a second one? Is is was that the first question a lot of counselors asked to? There was lots of discussion around the necessity of some of these items. Sure. And, you know, uh, there were counselors on either side of the fence, but they warned each other not to get too much into the weeds because council legally cannot tell the police what to spend their money on. They can dictate the overall budget amount the police get, but they can't say, hey, no light armored vehicle. They right. cannot do that. Sure. Um, but overall, um, and especially from the councillors who serve on the police board, that's Mayor uh, Mayor Josh Morgan, uh, Councillor Steve Lehman, and uh, Susan, uh, Steven Susan Stevenson, mm -hmm. um, especially, uh, along with some others, were really nailed home the point that the police need every aspect of this because it's all interconnected. Um, and, you know, reiterating a lot of the uh, uh, points and statistics made from uh, police chief uh, Tai Trong uh, regarding London, not being a safe city about mm -hmm. having, uh, you know, fewer officers per capita uh, mm -hmm. among the lowest numbers in the province, uh, violent crime rates, uh, et cetera. And we've certainly heard those arguments before. We've talked about that on this podcast. 
Some have said that the police budget is based on fear. Um, some counselors, some community members. Was that a discussion at all during this? Um, you know, why are we are we playing into this fear? Is it really as bad as they say? What was the discussion like that around um, around this being based on fear? Yeah, so that that specific point was made by Councillor Skyler Frank on uh, the last day of deliberations, and she was specifically referencing those claims that London is not a safe city. And, you know, there was some squabbling around councillors about, uh, particularly with their constituents and their ward, about how much public safety was a priority for them compared to other items like housing and homelessness. Mm. Yeah, and playing into a lot of those statistics, but also, um, you know, when the suggestions of cuts were made and soundly defeated, there was the thought in the back of some councillors' minds that... You know, if council made cuts, uh, especially large ones, there was the fear that the police would appeal it to the Ontario Civilian Police Commission, mm. uh, which, you know, oversees those kind of things. Uh, and, you know, if they ruled in the police's favor that they needed that money, but, you know, council approved a budget missing those funds that could sort of leave a hole there. And, sure. uh, you know, some councillors were not willing to take that risk. Okay. Um, let's move on to London Transit, because you did mention them before. That was another major discussion. What did the Transit Commission say ridership is like right now? What were some of their challenges at the moment, or what are some of their challenges at the moment? Yeah, so with the mayor's budget, Mayor Josh Morgan uh, granted them a pretty generous increase to their base budget, which I believe was in the neighborhood of 22% uh, in this year alone. They granted them every base budget ask for every year that they asked for. Mm. And in addition to that, they committed funding to an additional 38,000 service hours for paratransit over four years. Uh, I believe it's 10,000 hours this year alone. But when it came to conventional transit, you know, for able-bodied people, um, there was no funding for new service hours over four years. And that kicked off a lot of discussion, both at council and in the community, about the state of transit in the city right now. Um, You know, after the mayor's budget came out and there was some discussion uh, around council, uh, the London Transit Commission took to social media to post some of the uh, statistics about uh, their ridership numbers as it stands. Um, and they had some hard data. So for instance, 92% of their routes uh, did not have seats available because of how many people were on the bus. Oh, wow. um, there was, I believe, 50% of routes were at some point uh, driving by waiting people at bus stops because they were full. And so that played into a lot of the sort of, um, y- you know, community uh, interest into enhancing those service hours. Mm-hmm. But there was some, uh, you know, a level of skepticism from both the mayor and some of those opposed to new service hours. They were saying, listen, we're giving London Transit millions and millions and millions of more dollars over four years just to their base budget. If they can't find, uh, you know, room for growth funding in that, right. maybe they should review their own priorities. Mm. Um but to that end, uh, you know, London Transit and some of the councillors representing the commission 
argued that items like fuel have increased like 40%. Yes. Uh, Insurance rates have gone up like 70%. uh, Maintenance like 140%. So they're facing some serious pressures. And that eventually gave way um, to some counselors on Thursday putting forward a reduced ask uh, for new conventional service hours. The commission asked for 25,000 new hours every year for the next four years. That got left out of the mayor's budget. So counselors brought forward 18,000 hours per year, uh, I believe at a cost of in the neighborhood of uh, 1.6 million each year. Okay. Uh, roughly, you know, subject to, you know, other cost increases and council yeah. very narrowly voted to approve that in an okay. eight to seven vote. Sure. Well, it's safe to say everybody's feeling the squeeze, you know, grocery, the average person is it's hard to get groceries, right? Those are expensive right now. So it makes sense that these agencies are also finding it tough and having a lot of cost increases too. So what are the next steps for consulting the public, possibly making any changes? Budget deliberations are are over now, but what are the next uh, steps? And if we want to have our say, can we do that? Yeah. So this is where it gets a little bit interesting because, you know, there's that 30 day countdown I mentioned earlier. Uh, Baked into that were a number of deliberation sessions. Uh, Councillors opted to uh, release a number of them just because they sort of, uh, you know, sped through a number of the amendments they submitted. Um, And so there is an additional public input session on February 27th at 4 p.m. City Hall. Okay. But this is where it gets interesting because deliberations are now over, but there is still a way for councillors to bring forward amendments if they want, you know, abiding by that 30-day schedule. They would just have to bring it forward in a a notice of motion for uh, a council meeting on February 29th. And, and the deadline to submit such a motion is February 21st. Okay. So some councillors noticed on Thursday that leaves a very small window for uh, councillors to bring forward an amendment that's, say, inspired by the input session on the 27th. Yes, only a couple of days there. That's right. Uh, to which uh, the budget chair, Elizabeth Pelosa, uh, said that councillors could uh, bring forward an emergent motion on the 29th. Okay. But it would require a two-thirds vote of council even just to hear it. Oh, okay. so it's a Lots little of bit of an awkward, through. a little bit of an awkward setup to to close off the uh, the whole process here. But sure. uh, there is still the possibility for changes. And you can always contact your counselor uh, anytime for for your input, if you like, as well. So and then attend the meeting on the 27th, if you like too. Well, thank you so much. We're going to definitely watch your reporting because I know that you'll have more on this for sure as the month wraps up at LFPress.com. But thanks, Jack, for joining us again today. We'll keep an eye on your stories. Thank you, Rachel. 